Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We all know that meditation is so important. It can balance you, make you feel better, bring thoughts that weren't there originally, and just help you navigate life a little easier. Now, a lot of us have challenges finding the the place to meditate, getting into the zone, even learning how to meditate. Imagine if you did that while you're on vacation. Imagine if you learned all of that while you were on a cruise. He's doing that. Uh, fantastic idea. We're going to dig into that, a meditation cruise. And he is Dr. Roger Levine, who is an amazing psychologist back with us. Roger, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Yourself? I'm well. I love this idea of cruising the Caribbean. It, it almost goes against what you would normally think, because when you, you jump on a cruise, it's all about gaining weight, having fun, going to, going to the buffet, having dinners and everything. Uh, doesn't mean you can't do that on this cruise, but also meditation included. Tell us about that. Yes, actually, um, you know, it's a little different twist. Um, a lot of the things that we do on vacation are just letting go of our our coping stuff, right? Our overeating or drinking and those kinds of things. And lots of times we don't necessarily feel that great coming back, but the underlying thing driving a lot of our bad habits is uh, stress. So what this cruise is all about is instead of going away and gaining some weight uh, or some hangovers, you can go and actually retrain your brain. And, and it's an ideal way to, to uh, let go of some bad habits and gain some new ones. Wow. So walk us through that. You're on the cruise. And by the way, it's St. Martin. That's where the, this cruise is uh, centered? It's out of St. Martin. Yes. It's the uh, the Southern Caribbean. Okay. More and, of the French part. Yep. Been there. Been a while. If I remember, St. Martin has two sides, correct? The Dutch and the French side? Correct. And isn't that the one with the airport where I think it's on the French side where the planes come really low, <laughs> like right <laughs> over the beach? Well, that I don't really know, uh, having not been there, but uh, I'm looking forward to going myself. Yeah. So the cruise is uh, St. Martin, Nevis, Dominica, Isle of the Saints, Guadalupe, Antigua, and St. Bart's. Ah, wow. Okay, Antigua, I was there a couple of years ago. Wonderful people. And uh, uh, Nevis, you said, is that right? Correct. Yeah, that's where a lot of celebrities have homes as well. So this stops at all of these ports? Correct. Wow. Okay. Uh, one of the advantages of having a smaller, more intimate ship is we can stop at places the big cruise ships don't. A lot of people like these clipper ships because there's only uh, 150 passengers in there, but they're good-sized ships. They're still 400 feet, hmm. and uh, but they can get into ports that uh, the big cruise ships don't, and much more intimate uh, experience. When we say it's a clipper ship, a smaller ship, I, I recall many years ago I was on one. I'm trying to think of the ports. It might have been similar. It was called the Windstar. Is this connected to that? No, it's okay. uh, it's another uh, cruise line. It's a competitor to Windstar. Gotcha. Okay, but get, really what we're at here is very intimate experience. And talk about service on the on the cruise. If you only have about 170 passengers, it's basically like two crew members per, <laughs> per passenger. Uh, they'll take care of you. Let's put it that way, right? 
It, it's great. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. So walk us through the itinerary for a cruise like this when meditation is involved. Well, <clears throat> the whole idea, of course, is uh, to get out of the stressful environment you are in and into a much more peaceful one. And I like the clipper ships because they actually sail. And for mm. centuries, people have been going to the sea uh, for adventure and and for nature, right? Sure. So, so it's a, a phenomenal experience in that regard. But we start right out the first day training the mind how to relax. Again, most of our bad habits are driven by uh, stress and anxiety. Yep. So what we want to do is condition the relaxation. And the first evening, we start out with doing some relaxation so it doesn't take you two or three days to get into your vacation. At that point, I also, for those that want to hang in there, uh, I also do hypnosis for relaxation. And everyone who's done that on previous meditation cruises mm. really loves it because it's so great that very first day to shake all the travel stress, all the all the stress you've been experiencing and just really let go and get right into vacation that very first evening. Wow. I never thought of that. They should do that on every cruise and every every vacation. It's it's almost as if like you're wiping the slate and starting fresh from that point forward. Exactly. Wow. So let's talk about meditation in general. For any of us, I mean, we've all heard the word, um, but if you haven't meditated, what are the expectations for this situation when you're, when you're on this cruise or just meditation in, in general? I think there's a couple camps. Uh, there's people who've never tried it. And I guess the question there is, uh, with a lot of people comes down to the religious aspects, either, mm. um, they feel meditation is a religious thing and they don't do religion or they feel it's part of a religion other than the one that they have. And they, and the one that they have meditation doesn't take that big a, a role, but where we come from it on this cruise is from a neuroscience basis. So we're not going to be putting any uh, Buddhist dogma out there or sure. or any of that uh, good stuff. Rather, we're going to explain and have you understand how this meditation is going to actually um, help you to retrain your brain to cope with stress much better, to actually calm down and to handle stress physically better so you don't get into the sleep issues and that kind of stuff. And then for those people that have tried it, but then haven't found it to work, a lot of the problem with that is that they don't have a structure. So over the course of the uh, cruise, the seven days, what we'll do is we'll also lay out a structure where you'll progress from a novice where you're learning to relax all the way through different levels of meditation hmm. so that it comes together so that you'll stick with it, right? Because if uh, meditation isn't meditation, isn't meditation, you, without a good program, it needs to build on each other. And people have trouble sitting still if they don't know how to put the structure together. Now, when you do this on the cruise, is this a, a daily meditation as part of your cruise that you're part of? Yes, it's uh 
usually scheduled in the morning and in the evenings. Every session is optional. It's scheduled around the other activities with the ship. Hmm. So it's a way to either start your day or end your day and uh, in a relaxed state. So are you are you paying additional for uh, this portion of the of the cruise or this is part of the cruise? This is actually part of the cruise. Wow. The, the cruise line is uh, paying me to uh, to provide this. And gotcha. this is actually the theme of the cruise. So you'll be with like minded people who are interested in mm. meditation. Love the idea. And, and you sent it home. And what you just said before that many of us, we're still frazzled by the time we get on vacation. And it you know, takes a couple of days before you settle down and you actually enjoy where you are and kind of forget about what's going on you know, back home. Um, is it kind of the same situation here where it takes a couple of days regardless of meditation? Um, well, typically, uh, you know, it'll take a couple of days, but that's one of the reasons we do the work the evening of is so that sure. it'll only take a few hours. I find it interesting uh, that you're doing this. Of course, you have the credentials as a psychologist, but you are a, a, a boat person, <laughs> right? So this is like near and dear to your heart. Absolutely. I, I love sailing. Yeah. And this, you know, it the boat actually, obviously it has an engine on it. Um, and they've always told me, don't call it a boat. It's a ship. <laughs> just got, got got a flash in my mind. Somebody said, "No, no, 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 no! It's a ship. Uh, it it actually sails, though." Yes, and that's the difference between Windstar and the Clipper ships. Is that the Clipper ships are a sailboat with an auxiliary engine, and the Windstar is a motor sailor with auxiliary sails. Intru I never knew that. Again, it's been decades since I was on the Windstar, um, but memorable and and. Just if you want to be taken care of in terms of, you know, staff ratio to passenger, these ships are the way to go. There's just there's no getting around it. It's just a fantastic experience. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the main emphasis here talking about uh, myself a little bit is that, you know, I like cruising, but I don't like gaining weight. Gotcha. I like <laughs> I like cruising, but I want to be you know, up in the morning to enjoy the sunrises, right? So um, a big focus of this in the, in the middle of the week is how to actually uh, start some new habits, mm -hmm. how to actually be motivated for your new habits and those kinds of things. Because we had to work on both ends of the scales. A lot of our bad habits are to cope, right? So if we lose that bad habit, what will we put in its place? And that's where we get into the motivation to do the daily meditations that to do the exercise reading all those other things to in lieu of you know our addiction to social media or overeating or yep. any of those things that we do to try to deal with the stress so what does a day look like and and by that i'm asking how much time are you devoting to the meditation call it the metaphysical portion of the cruise, as opposed to, you know, your, the rest of your vacation? Uh, usually an hour in the morning and a half hour in the evening for those that want to come. And then the rest of the time is the usual eating and in ports and those kinds of things and the other ship activities and music and, and those kinds of things. So it's not a large portion, but ra mm -hmm. rather 
a very effective one, just a way to get started and enjoy your, your day. What do you say to somebody, Roger, who might say, I've tried med- meditation. I, I can't do it. I just, it's just not me. Uh, I know I should, but I can't. What would you say to that? Well, I, I usually find that those people, <clears throat> the problem is they've never trained their brain to re- relax. So when mm. they've heard that meditation is relaxing, but that's, that can be true, but is not necessarily true. So it's really foundational to be able to meditate is to be able to train your sympathetic stress system to actually calm down so you can sit still. And I've also heard, you know, a lot of misunderstandings that, you know, it's to clear the mind. Well, there's specific types of meditation to clear the mind, but most meditation isn't about just clearing your mind because the mind wants to think. It's just what what are we going to focus on? That said, when you're about to meditate, and I mean anybody, where should your mind go? Because I, 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 I do struggle with it from time to time. I've gotten better uh, in terms of centering myself. And even this morning, I went for a walk. And I, you know, for a moment there, I felt like I was dreaming as I was just looking ahead, trying to focus on nothing but just that moment. Um, when you work with somebody, what do you tell them to think about when they want to meditate? Well, different meditations for different purposes. One of the things I teach people is a nice little five-minute, five-breath mindfulness exercise to notice their level of baseline stress. So if they're Mm. up what I consider a five or above on my little scale of mindfulness, what I do is I arm them with a couple good relaxation exercises. So before you, you get too far into it, you have to know how aroused you are because if you're very aroused or if you're stressed already and sometimes people wake up in the morning like a a gun then they will have trouble sitting still and doing a lot of different types of meditation so let's assume you do that little mindfulness exercise and you say oh i'm relaxed enough i can meditate i don't have to jump into relaxation then the next uh thing probably we're going to focus on is some mindfulness to get anchored where you are in the day, get in the present moment. And if you're doing well there, then you can kind of graduate. So the thing you think about is your body sensations, my feet on the floor, the air in the room, those kinds of things. That's uh, being present, right? And one, what a lot of people try to do is being meditations. In other words, instead of just being present, they just want to be right? They don't want to have to attend to anything. Well, if you're calm enough and if you're present enough, then you can just be and do like a Zen meditation, in which case you don't have to control what you're thinking about at all. Hmm. But there's a whole other family of meditations you could get into. And these are the guided meditations. If you want to develop some quality like forgiveness or compassion or patience, You would listen to a guided meditation and you would focus and strengthen that part of your mind that's compassionate or whatever. So it all depends on the intent of your meditation as to what you're going to be thinking about. I didn't know that you could do a guided, excuse me, meditation for something like forgiveness or other goals. Honestly, had no idea. Wow. Wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you can have an intent. Um, and is it mostly guided meditations for those intents that are um, most effective? Well, <clears throat> it's funny. A lot of people uh, confuse meditation and hypnosis. A lot of guided meditations out there are really hypnosis. And you can kind of tell the difference between, and by the way, I love hypnosis. I do it, but I always do it uh, cognitively. You know, I let people know this is what we're doing. So you can tell the difference between a hypnosis and a guided meditation because in hypnosis, they suggest things that aren't necessarily real, like a sacra, uh, like a, a chakra meditation where they'll ask you to envision the color red and this red mist going into your sacral re region. Whereas a guided meditation will take something you already have and strengthen it. So say you just have a little gratitude, right? And it doesn't come up on a daily basis, but you'd like to be more grateful. By practicing gratitude meditations, you can strengthen that little neuro track you have for gratitude and become a very grateful person and have it as an automatic response when you're feeling slighted or less than or not having what is fair. Wow. Which is a much more positive response than self-pity. Unbelievable. And it's been scientifically proven, if you want to Google it too, that practicing gratitude on a regular basis can change your life. Keep a gratitude journal, all of that. I try to, um, but I do find, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it as much as I should, but I didn't know you could do a, a guided meditation for uh, gratitude. Wow. How did I not know this, Roger? <laughs> I don't know. I never knew this, that this existed. And this is fantastic. Um, because and then another type of meditation is uh, reflection, right? Say we have, we want to set some personal goals. We want to better ourselves. Uh, you know, you can do a reflection meditation, and that's a separate type of meditation. So a big part of this cruise is to maybe introduce these different types of meditations. How do you go about them? What's their purpose? How do you put them all together to have a great uh, mental health program? How do you do this in a way that you're happy and content? Uh, this is uh, an eye-opener and a game-changer, um, and I'm sure others will say the same when you think about meditation, you know, my, my first thought is, well, it's, it's there to clear your mind, ground you, uh, maybe give you some clarity on some things, but doing all this other stuff, um, very impactful. And now there's a goal. I think a lot of us don't meditate because we don't see the, the payback. What is the goal? What am I doing here? Why am I meditating? What am I getting out of this? When we look at these others where there's an intent, either for gratitude, forgiveness, or whatever it might be, you're working toward a goal. And I think that that helps people like really push forward on it. Would you, would you agree? Well, absolutely. I think one of the things that people either question the way they were raised, um, maybe in their twenties or thirties, or they don't, but you, if you ask yourself, was I really taught how to be grateful and compassionate and patient as a kid. And if I wasn't, then why would I expect to have those reactions to life? And how would I have those mental automatic responses to life if I didn't develop them myself after childhood, right? Why would I be patient? Why would I be grateful? 
it releases us of any guilt, you know, it's right. But without the skill, you know, you can decide, I want to be grateful, but without having trained your brain, right. You can decide you want to be compassionate, but unless you train your brain to do it, because it's more than just a mental decision, you got to have the emotions and the attitudes go along with it. Right. So that's the purpose of the meditation is to get beyond having the only tool in your arsenal to deal with life being reasoning and have these other mind states that you can bring to different parts of your life, whether it's relationships or the job where you'll be a much more connected person and much more content. Who wouldn't want to be grateful? I don't think you'd find one person that would say, no, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not grateful. No, we all are, but I feel that we can't get to the point where we, regularly practice it, you know, like walking into a place and buying a cup of coffee and actually thinking, I'm grateful for that cup of coffee. It makes me feel good. It's my treat. Um, it's my little, you know, my little something to me in the morning. Sometimes we just take it for granted, but if we're grateful on a regular basis, and again, we weren't taught that we don't know how to do that. Yeah. Thank you. You know, we say that. Um, but like you said, we need to feel the emotion um, and probably none of us are really taught that, not not to the degree yeah. that we need to have it. Yeah. So how many of us, when we didn't, were disappointed because we didn't get that promotion, can shift from being horribly disappointed and aggrieved to feeling grateful and good that very day? Yeah, because there's always something to be grateful for, if you look at it. Well, we're wired as human beings to focus on the one thing that's wrong instead of the 99 things that are right. And that's what the meditation does is retrain the brain. So we automatically have a different perspective. Everybody is different, but if we were to look at meditation for gratitude, Roger, how often would you need to do a meditation to get to the point where you're practicing a decent amount of gratitude? Well, it's one of those deals that I suggest to to the folks that work with me is pick a different topic and work with it for a month or two till it becomes deeply ingrained. If I wanted to learn math tables, what would I do? I'd practice it, right? If I wanted to grow some biceps, I'd go do a few weeks of curls. Sure. So if you do gratitude for four to five weeks of meditation every day, you'll lay down a baseline that from there on out, it'll just be a natural part of your day yeah. to be grateful. And it's it just goes back to everything is a habit. You need to practice healthy habits and just continue to do them. Uh, how do we find out about this cruise? How do we find out about even working with you, even any of these meditations or any of the, the things that you offer uh, in terms of mindset, changing our mindset? How do we find you, Roger? You find me at drlevine.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-L-A-V-I-N-E.com. And uh, they can reach out to you to learn more about the cruise? Absolutely. I'll put them in touch with my wife, Cheryl, who's actually a cruise planner, and uh, Cheryl Levine. And she does makes all the arrangements and manages all that stuff for you. Fantastic. What a, What a great idea. And, you know, an hour you're going to take, well, guess what? You probably, a lot of us will wake up and take a walk around the, the ship or 
if you're on a land package, you would just take a walk. Well, guess what? Meditate and change your life and get into that zone where you're truly going to appreciate your vacation and clear your mind out of the gate, right? You'll end up with a gift for the rest of your life, some help, right? We all are dealing with the effects of stress. So oh, yeah. uh, turn that corner and, and a, it'll be a gift for life. And have a great it's vacation. Just, <laughs> 95% of my clients stick with it. Fantastic. Roger, always great talking with you. Thank you so much. Take care. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.